When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> it would be a waltz, but eh? I'm going to pull. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. We all carry different stresses, big and small. It could be from work, stuff going on at home, or just from supporting a football team. You flatter to deceive, and as the bedsheets have always said, let us down. We often bottle up these stresses and try and keep a lid on them, but when you do that, it can start to affect you negatively. That's where therapy comes in. It gives you a place to get these things off your chest, get down to root cause, and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. Therapy is there to help develop positive uh, coping skills. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not look and give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners can get 10% off their first month using the code betterhelp.com slash wanderers. That's betterhelp.com slash wanderers. Let's get back to the show. Hello and welcome everybody to today's episode of Wolves. Thank us. We're in the bloody quarterfinals, gents. Every day was he. Never in, Never in doubt against the stripy teams. Is the curse officially broken or does it not count because they weren't in blue and white? That was their fault. Yeah. Um, look. They had um, every opportunity. Yeah. They, they could have done. They could have done. They can't. It's not our fault Bryson can't rock an away kit in the same way Wolves can. In terms of how we're doing in our red kit this season. Anyway, I'm joined by Stu and Ed today to, of course, talk about Wolves beating Brighton at home in the FA Cup, which has set us up very nicely for a potential Wembley appearance um, in a few weeks' time if we can navigate our way past Coventry. We're also going to be talking a bit about Newcastle at the weekend because football just carries on um, regardless of however you're feeling. Um, but it's great to have you join us with us if you're watching on YouTube live or if you're watching it back, of course, or if you listen to us on podcasts as well. Let's get right into it, fellas, because it did feel like going into the game and with the days building up to it, there wasn't a whole lot of hype going into it and people were kind of questioning whether it's worth going and, <laughs> you know, what it kind of means to, I guess, be a supporter. Um I mean, we'll get to Ed as a man who enjoys a meal or two, as I do as well. Um, <laughs> would you would you ever starve yourself to watch a match? I mean, look at me, no, <laughs> uh, no, and that I, I'm not. On Let, let's media. be honest. Let's be honest. Look at all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> we between us, do you think we've ever turned down a mixed grill? I, I, yeah, I'm aware of the. I'm not on Twitter, but I'm aware of the furore that was around it. But no, nothing should stop you. Whatever your pastime, your hobby, whatever it is, your passion shouldn't get in the way of your three square meals a day, right? <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> no, it, it shouldn't. I mean, look, it, it's it's really tricky, and I, I appreciate the Viva fancast. Um, we have a global reach, uh, by which I mean we've got about 15 people who listen in America who we love dearly, who we have met in person. And I, I, I struggle to, I don't know, when, when it comes down to that, oh, well, 
I'm more of a real fan because I go to X amount of games. I, I, I do sometimes struggle with it. And, you know, particularly when it comes to cup matches where you might spend your 600 plus quid now on and, and Canada. Yes, of course. I'm, we we got we got listeners ex all over the place, um, but yeah, I, I, I whether it's a cost of living thing or whatever, you know, it's. I think sometimes it can be difficult to emotionally reconcile spending an evening watching walls when you might have other things going on in your life. Um, <laughs> I, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's kind of two sides to it. But I'll let I'll let you talk first, you, because I think me and you had the same opinion about the silliness. I mean, the fact that I mean, Jude, Jude mentioned this as well, and didn't he's already blocked him years ago? So so was keen. I ain't blocking him because you've got a silly stuff here. Um, I mean, it's an absolutely ridiculous thing to say, but at the same time, it's. <laughs> I think it's hard for people who are absolutely obsessed with wolves and me saying, I'm not looking at my room. here. <laughs> um, if you go back 15, 20 years, when I went, I think I did about three or four years where I went to every game home and away and that cost about four grand then. <laughs> um, mm. And it's, it's, it's outrageous, isn't it? It's silly. Um, but I think you just got to accept that people at different levels of fandom and that not everyone is a super fan. I'm not saying I'm a super fan anymore. I was at one time, but I'm not anymore. And I'll probably miss a bit. I think I've, what, five, probably missed five away games. No, four away games this season. I missed, I missed six last year, six or seven last year. But that's just one of them things. People have got actual lives and people are not as lucky as we are, especially in this country, because, I mean, if you're not lucky enough to be born in England, it's unfortunate. But... Mm. If you are around the world and you are like like Mike Evans there saying some of us have work commitments later in the day, not a nine to five, for example, you're not gonna book a day off to watch Wolves playing Brighton, <laughs> especially when it's on iPlayer anyway. You're not gonna do that, are you? Um, oh no, don't worry, because I'm pretty sure I saw a number of years ago uh, the brother of a certain somebody on Twitter did say that he actually selected his career and job around being able to still watch Wolves. I mean, that's what I did. I literally yeah. did that. Yeah. Um, but the but the point is, not everyone is like us. Mm. I mean, some of us are insane. I don't completely accept that. But we, and we're not the norm. But at the same time, people have got different interests. I love the Jets. I love the Jets. They're awful. They're terrible. But if it's a clash between a Jets game and a Wolves game, I'm going to watch the Wolves game. <laughs> because they're, like he, like he said himself, He's whoever he supports in an American sense. He's a fan of that. He's not a supporter. And the whole thing of the names and whatever, it doesn't really matter. But where he did have a point was, if you are one of them people who can't be asked, who can afford it and can't be asked, but then come moaning and crying when you can't get a ticket, then that's on you. That's the, mm. that's the problem. But that amount of people is so minute anyway, and everyone knows who they are regardless. The whole thing is pointless. It's silly. But the the same thing is, if that was against Man City or Liverpool last night, or Man United maybe, it would have sold out. Yeah. But <laughs> ironically enough, people who could be asked and who did turn up, we probably had the best atmosphere in the last 10 minutes for the last five years. So there we are. Yeah. I think that that that's the nail on the head for me. I mean, it's silly and like... You can't take anything you see on social media particularly seriously. And we all had a lovely bit of fun and games with it all, don't get me wrong. But I, I do get the underlying point around, like, you know, if that was against Man United or Liverpool for placing the quarterfinals, knowing that if we beat them, we could have, you know, a, a decent draw. And we got, we got a pretty favourable one, it turned out. But yeah, it's it's silly. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to go into everyone's personal backgrounds and things like that. But you know, I, I couldn't justify going last night for 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 all the reasons above. You know, I've been, been at work all day. I don't, I, I wouldn't have basically I wouldn't have seen my kids for the entire day. Which hey, for some people might think that's great. <laughs> Person, and I 
usually agree with them. But at the same time, you know, we all kind of have different views in terms of how we should be doing things and you say of other interests as well. And like, you know, I, I realized when I went off to like very good friend of mine who goes home and away, um, and it has done for what over a decade now. He picked where he was going to university based on still being able to come back to the Midlands. Um, well, you only went to Birmingham. Um, whereas, you know, I, I went off to sunny Aberystwyth and realized actually after you know a couple of weeks, I wasn't massively missing watching Wolves every every other week. But it but it happens, and you know, say sometimes life gets in the way of it, but. It's ironic that yesterday, and whether it was that we knew the cup draw before the match and that gave us that extra bit of spice or, you know, we scored early or whatever, it did seem like all of a sudden that atmosphere changed and maybe it was the fact that the people who were there really wanted to be there and we kind of had that moment, mm. I guess. But, yeah, I think sometimes, sometimes social media is a bit silly, isn't it? I mean, people are asking in the comments about the attendance. It wasn't announced. It wasn't put on the screen. Being there, I'd guess it was, and seen many, many games in the championship over the years where they didn't sell out. I'd guess it was round about 25, 26,000, something like that, which is amazing considering how few it was on a few days earlier. Um, according to Brighton, um, on the, their official club website, it, that can't be right. They're saying 23,800. No, that's bollocks. No, hang on. No, that does well, more than that. Yeah, because the only you had the the little patches in the Steve Bullupper, you had the wings of the Billy Wright, um, that little section of probably about thousand, well, probably about eight hundred that, that they didn't sell, and the quadrant as well. So that is not seven, eight thousand tickets. Yeah, so I am just reporting what's on there on the um, Brighton Club's website. I will see if I can fact check it. Yeah, Twenty three thousand eight hundred. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, someone's saying it was on the screen. <laughs> there we are. Someone okay. just... <laughs> so 20, 23,000 is it, 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 it seemed it, a lot more low. than that. Yeah. But I know it, it did feel like at least the, the atmosphere was right um, when it kind of came down to it. And I say, well, if that was because we knew that we had a home tie against the low league opposition in the quarterfinals of a cup when we were in the top half of the league and flying high I, 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 I don't know um, but you're right like you know even watching an eye player it was you could feel the atmosphere and it was starting to get really pumped up and exactly what you exactly what you want um, from a game I mean I was a bit confused slash potentially concerned about the starting lineup because you know there were four changes and no qualms with the players who came in um, in particular, you know, Doc starts probably because Tomato wasn't up against his kryptonite. Um, so I thought he might as well give him a night off. Santi Bueno comes in. Um, and then there's a sort of change in midfield and up front with Doyle, Bellegarde and, and Huang. So when you look at it on paper, the, there isn't necessarily a natural kind of formation that drops into that. No, that's what I was struggling with the most when I saw the lineup is how are we going to line up? There's, there seem to be an awful lot of midfielders and defenders and Huang, who um, <laughs> I, I didn't want anywhere near the squad after the warm-up and the going down in the warm-up against Sheffield United and him coming back looking rusty. Um, I know we'll touch on it later, but yeah, the, it, it seemed very midfielder heavy. It felt like Pepper turned up and done one of his madness where he plays 15 left-backs or something just to just to try something different. Um I was really interested to see how we'd marry up the midfield to um, to to Huang. Basically, I was worried he was going to be on an island by himself at the top, running a lone furrow, which at times it kind of is what what happened. I mean, I, I put it in the group chat, didn't I? I said it looked like three four one two for me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it'd be Lamina who'd be the furthest forward of the uh, midfielders for some reason. I thought it would be Doyle, but. Um, and it kind of turned out that way, but I wasn't that bothered. I mean, you, we've got all the, the red zone and all that kind of stuff, and where people got the sports science things of when people are breaking points, ironically, doesn't count for Wang. Um, but people need need a rest, especially against ahead of Saturday as well, which we'll come on to later. 
I didn't really have a problem with it because I mean it's not like we were resting um Cunyania, and I thought, well, if you look at what we were gonna go against Brighton with, um, especially to start the game with, it's not the kind of game for flair against them lot because mm. you, you you kind of match you kind of go in the polar opposite of what they do because they and their their silliness and their nonsense that they, they get get away with all the time. We can't do that. So to match them up with a bit of physicality and a bit, a bit of pressing, you didn't really not necessarily want Sarabia and Neto on there from the start. And uh, it's a risk and he got away with it. I think the thing I I realised kind of going into kickoff was I, I didn't have an issue with the players who came in, like, you know, in terms of sort of a drop-off and quality. Yeah, you know, obviously Neto dropped one of our highest performing players and everything. And I wasn't even too concerned that there wasn't like a really kind of natural formation that's either fitted for ones we played previously or or what. Um, what was the slight worry for me is because I kind of trust Gary O'Neill at this point that he's got an idea, he's got a tactic in mind. It's just whether the players would be adaptable enough to be able to do it on the night. But it's like you say, like Lamina seemed to play really far forward. He was almost in that right wing position effectively where Neto was sometimes or at least sort of that side to kind of uh, keep um, Brighton a bit occupied on that flank more. But um, yeah, they they knew exactly what they were doing. Um, And we just started the game exactly how you wanted it to. And I don't know. it was just like the perfect storm that there's you know, a quarterfinal on the line. We know he's going to, you know, play. We've got to play. And started like a house on fire and scored with inside the first few minutes. The, the energy levels, I think Steve's bang on with what what we needed to do was match, try and counter, counter-attack their... Um, I, it's ridiculous. Their passing from the back is... Playing, there's playing from the back, and uh, what did you call it? See the other day, dicking about at the back, <laughs> and that is what that is what they did, and it, it was really quickly pounced upon, wasn't it? It's probably why Gary O'Neill probably went for Huang because he is a a willing runner at the very least. Um, mm. And what a finish from Lamina, by the way. I Born mean, I, 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 he, I think if it wasn't for the flappy hands of Jason Steele. Um, I mean, Be- Bellegarde for the goal. I don't think it's talked about his turn on, you know, basically the halfway line to ki- just just completely took two players out of the game. And I know it felt for me like Isonu's not had necessarily lots of criticism, but he is very patchy at best. And He's... it felt like a real game for him. He, he really stepped up and yeah, yeah, the cross was should have probably been intercepted. Um, but I thought it was brilliant. Um, yes, I thought he put in a really good display. He did to start the game. I thought he, he kind of fell back mm. into his his normal ways. But he's he's almost like a kind of traditional throwback winger where he can be so awful and so amazing in the same game or in, in the same 10-minute spell. Um, but that's exactly what we thought we were getting with him. Someone who, could, who had close control, who can run with the ball and put a cross in. And he did it within 90 seconds. Yeah. And... Playing him on the left works better than playing him in the middle or on the right. So definitely, I think keeping him out on the left works. And it wasn't just that moment. Yeah, he had a couple of really good spells for me. Um, but yeah, when I saw the cross came in, I thought, oh, okay. And then it dropped. And you're right, Lamina. I, I don't think it's appreciated like how much he had to do to score that goal. Because obviously he had to like win the ball in the first place, and then like as he's on the ground, out muscle somebody. <laughs> Just an absolute monster, isn't he? Yeah, he's having a goal scoring season to, for, for the ages, isn't he? This mm. this season, and um, it, there was a definite ploy. It did look as though from when he was substituted, it looked like he had a good sixty to sixty five minutes in him, and that that seems to be how he was playing. That he knew yeah. at some point he was going to come off regardless. Um, and he was playing basically number 10. And uh, what we've seen, I think Bellegarde's season was epitomized in the whole game yesterday, where we saw that flare in the flashes that he's got the 
you know, the Cunha ability to drive forward with the ball and, you know, gain hard yards, like in rugby terms, to gain hard yards by holding onto the ball. But, um, yeah, we, he then drifted out of the game, I think, which you was touching upon. But what we need to do is we need to give him, if we can, a run of games to play to see where he fits into this to this team and into this side because he doesn't naturally seem to fit Gary O'Neill's system that we usually play. So we need to either make him a square peg for a square hole or we need to find somewhere else to play him, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say quick, quickly back on the mean in terms of his, his, his goal scoring return this season. I mean, it it's he's now scored for Wolves, I believe, more than any other club <laughs> in, in his career, which, you know, considering he's played 45, you know, 45 games for Wolves and he's now got five goals. Uh, nice, I think it was about he scored three goals for Southampton. He scored twice, Juve three times at Marseille twice. And, you know, he was playing like best part of, I think he's played for all of those clubs more than he's played for Wolves as well. Um, Again, he's just a player who's just evolved and matured over the last few years. And like, it it, it feels like he is just peaking in a Wolves shirt. And it's rare to get that from someone who's a bit later on in their career and stuff like that. And you can just see how loved he is as well. Uh, Just an absolute dude, isn't he? It reminds me a bit, not in the, not in how they are as players, but when we bought Matinho in, and people thinking and looking at his age and thinking, mm. oh, he's, is he over it now? And you think, oh well, he's been he's been over there. He hasn't really done much. And then he, he comes here and he's one of the best. Well, beyond the thing there, um, on the wall, the only player name that I have there because he was the best player I've ever seen at Wolves, regardless of anything else. Giovatino was amazing. Yep. Mario Lamina coming in at 29 and having this... I mean, we're not putting him out to pasture like you did to Craig Dawson every week, Rich. He's, he's got about... Five, well, hang got, on, hang on, hang on. We've, we've, look, let, let's not skip ahead on the running goals because you know I've got a section on Santi Bueno. <laughs> yes, for, for the Santi Bueno lovers. And we all are um, yeah. in the comments. Just wait. I, I, I but, don't dislike Dawson. Wait, we'll, we'll go in the minute. Just... just but, me in. Me in. but Lamina, Lamina's a, a breath of fresh air. And I don't think you'd have the club that we have, and I don't think we'd have the results that we have if we didn't have someone like him here. Yeah. Yeah. He seems to have grown up, I think, as you said, Rich, um, from when we saw him at Southampton and, and mm. maybe being a leader, maybe being slightly older. He's just matured, it looks like. And he's he seems like, without trying to sound too corny, like he's found a bit of a home. Mm-hmm. At Wolves, yeah. a bit, a bit like a bit like we saw with Neves, where we saw him grow up, you know, and become sort of, you know, an honorary, you know, uh, Wolverhampton born and bred kind of boy. We're seeing it now with Lamina, just slightly later on in his life, where he seems to have found a home, found a system that suits him, a manager that supports him, and you know, he's he's not the captain, but you know, he, he is in all but name. He is the heartbeat of the team, isn't he? And they all seem to love him. So, um, and I may mm-hmm. continue. I would say. Uh... A, a definite shout out to someone like Matt Hobbs um, with it all because if you think that okay yeah throw Dawson into this but you know you've got your captain in Kilman and Dawson at the back you've got Sar who is vocal um, in midfield you've got Lamina who is very clearly a leader whether it's you say all but name band or you know very clearly a vocal presence in that changing room and Mateus Kuna who uh, you know was basically a, a a cheerleader on his night off for the club. And when you sort of see him afterwards, down sort of giving big bear hugs in the same way John Ruddy did a few years back, that is a spine of your team. Mm-hmm. On paper, that is quite, you know, and you don't need everyone to, you know, be your leader and whatever. But, like, that is a solid spine of your team of players who, you know, are very clearly willing to, like, live and die um, on 90 minutes on the pitch. And... Just he anticipates, he personifies, I think, Lamina, what you want as a football fan sometimes. And he gives you the guts, he gives you, you know, everything, but he's got the skill as well. And it's like, you need to work to score those goals. It's the same with Joe Gomez a couple of weeks ago. And it seems like 
there's that worry of how we do without Kuna and having that bit more intelligence, a bit of a presence in the box and a goal scorer. And I said it um, with about João Gomez um, against Spurs. When I was like, you know, he heeded the call. We needed we needed our players and we needed our midfielders to step up, didn't we? And it was and you know it it was Gomez against Spurs, and it was Lamina last night because uh, it's, maybe it's because we've we've been trained watching Neves and Matinho for several years, but we're not used. To, it's it's long since the days of Dave Edwards have we seen our midfielders busting a gut to get uh it, you know eight yards out from goal, um, and it feels like that's tactically led and the players are buying into it to actually kind of, you know, have the belief and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, we're having to play a slightly different system now. So I don't care who it is, but one of you needs to give those numbers into the box and have that support. And, you know, because it turns out if you get players forward, you're more likely to score goals. Um, But yeah, fantastic start to the game. Um, And I wasn't massively impressed by Brighton, but they did grow into that game. Um, but Wolves held firm and we kept them at arm's bay for a lot of that time. And when they were getting forward and it felt like there was lots of neat little tricks, but just we kept doing the absolute fundamental basics and just pushing them wide and, you know, very much protecting Sars goal. It was like the Spurs game. It was, you know what I mean? It was, everyone looks at the possession and, and all their silliness, and you think oh, they've battered us. It's just the whole Brighton thing that they can't score. But they had a few headers, and the keeper not being able to put it in the net, and that's about it. So I didn't get dirty. <laughs> I mean, he, he had he had time to have a little chat with the fans behind the goal. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it, for all their passing and for all their possession, they didn't do anything. And this is what I. It gets it gets my back up a bit over and over again. They, I don't watch them anymore because they annoy me, and I've got I've got no, nothing in the fight. I, I don't care what Brighton do, but I can't I can't bear it. It drives me insane because it, it's it's passing for passing sake a lot of the time, and they didn't get anywhere with it. And we were so resilient, and you don't swap. You know, here's your chance. You don't swap out. <laughs> Craig Dawson, just and just have some some bloke who hardly plays just slotting there like he's never been away. That shouldn't mm. happen. We should you, when you've got to be defensively sound and have banks of well, banks of five if you listen to their fans. But if you're sitting there being disciplined, you don't make you don't replace your middle your central defender for some bloke who don't play very often and expect it to work and it worked perfectly. And I think Santi Bueno is a player. I know there's a lot of people in the comments saying he should play, and he probably should, and he probably will next year. He'll probably start the season, I'd imagine. But Craig Dawson was excellent last week in Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah. So there's your problem, and it's a good one to have. We've 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 had years of years of no backup whatsoever, and now we've got backup in midfield, we've got backup in defence, we've got no strikers, but we can't have everything. Um, but we nullified him. Exactly like we did to Spurs, and they had no answer. I mean, it's, yeah, it's the, a... Go on, go on, Ed. No, just that their passing was... I, I'm similar, Stuart. I don't pick out Brighton games to watch. Um, that There's a lot of sidewards, a lot of backwards passing that the media seems to hype up a lot for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because Deserve, he looks like he's from the Backstreet Boys. But um, the hard, the hardest that Sal worked yesterday was going running to go and console Huang. Um I th- they're they're more toothless than than we are up front. Um, I love Danny Welbeck, but if you're asking a very old in footballer's terms, Danny Welbeck to come on and change the game in the second half, we we never looked we never looked flustered really. There was a few like you said, a few headers and the steel chance at the end, which we'll talk about. But the, there isn't there was nothing really of any note in either box for most of the most of the game. It was we sat in. They passed it sideways. We sat in. They passed it sideways. It was a, it, if it was on iPlayer for a reason, right? Because both yeah, of those yeah. teams yeah. Were, were were playing as if they know that the cup's important, but there's also a game on Saturday to think about as well. Sunday. Yeah, and I think um, 
it, it is so it is tricky and it's good problems to have for the players who come in step up. It's like look at Tommy Doyle. Um, you know, he had a great run of form um at the start at the end of last year, start of this year, with Lamina being absent, Gomez being injured, and he really kind of looked like he quite cemented his place and then Jao Gomez comes in and and and, and sets the world light again. And uh, when I saw the formation, I was like, oh brilliant Doyle's in and then you're like, well, Who's that going to get the best out of? But again, Tommy Doyle, man of a match from BBC. And it it, it doesn't happen by accident sometimes. Um, let, let, let's talk Santi Bueno before I kind of eulogise about um, the midfield again. You're right, shoot. He does just step up and it just it doesn't look bothered or phased. It did help last night, I do think, for all of those defenders that Brighton didn't start a striker and them going for a uh, it, it, it's not a false nine face didn't play a striker <laughs> like they're too, they're it, too cool for that yeah like it there is like a level where I, I i do find it a bit frustrating when you see teams who oh, it's a false it's a false nine. it's like no you just, especially when you've got danny Welbeck on the bench as well because it does make a a big difference uh, to, to all that, but again, just he did everything right a- again, and it, it, it feels like for Bueno, he is literally waiting for one of our defenders to get injured or suspended at this rate. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the depth the depth chart chart is good, isn't it, with the centre backs? And uh, he he looked assured when he had to. He never looked flustered. Um, you know, he's as tall and as strong as Dawson and quicker. Um, the only thing Dawson, we, we, we did tweak it, didn't we, against Sheffield United mm. when he he was left isolated a little bit at the start of the game, wasn't he, with some of their balls over the top. But he looked comfortable enough on the ball as well for me, Santi Bueno, and I think that's important for that that middle middle of the three. You need someone that's um, got the ability to play the ball and not just pass it sidewards um, or... I'm not expecting the Cody raking balls, but you know Dawson's been doing them recently himself, hasn't he? So it's in every, it's in all of their lockers. They're all professional footballers for a reason, right? But there was a couple of times he's just stepped in, took the ball away, and recycled possession. He he was a seven out of ten comfortable last night. He never looked out of place, even when they changed it up and sort of brought on a, a stronger centre half, uh, centre forward. He he looked absolutely assured, and I. He could fit in any three of those positions and it would work because we'd shuffle it around. If Toti has to go, Kilman goes left, Santi can go right. It mm. doesn't, I, th- I think it's, he seems to perfectly fit a three and he looks as though he's got enough about him to play in a four if he has to. Yeah. I mean, that that's going to obviously, I guess, be the next big step for Wolves is can they go for four at the back, which multiple managers have now tried and. We don't failed. Need to. We, we've scored don't more goals. We we've scored fit, more yeah. goals in the back five again than mm. under under the Bruno Revolution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is the whole point of putting play the back four and getting rid of Cody in the first place. Three, I mean, three, it's, sla- it's, three yeah. slash five at the back doesn't necessarily mean that you don't attack either. Mm. That's what I mean. It's not even. It's not a back five, is it? It's hardly ever a back five. No, it's it's it's, it's a back four most of the time anyway. Because like Nuri's got his own little special area. Yeah, he just, he, he, he just he, leaves. He, he's just got the left side of the pitch at this point. <laughs> I mean, there was one sort of clip where, you know, it's, it's effective doing keepy ups over a place and just just doesn't look bothered or phased. He's just in his own little world, just absolutely doing tricks, and I love him. He just... messed that header up as well. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, the other thing with Santi, seemingly when he had the perfect chance to score, getting it quite literally... Again, ironically, doing a Brighton try and pass it in, like just square it across the box rather than just poke it anywhere towards the goal. And it was in, which was a bit of a shame. And um, my other thing, I guess, looping back to our midfielders and where Tommy Doyle, I think, stood out was yeah, the defence did play well, um, but they were very well protected by Gomez and by Doyle and by Lamina. Um, my, my, my small point on Tommy Doyle, I, my hot take. He's unassumingly hard. I think if you punched him in the face, I don't think he'd feel it. But you, you look at him on first, and you just go, oh, he's probably not like a hatchet man. 
but I reckon I reckon he'd do well in a scrap. You you saying he's from Chatsworth? Richard's never seen Shamus, has he? In his life. You know what? I've um, only I've only watched the US one. I know. Oh, God me. I know. I know. I know. I know. It was one of those where I missed it when it first came out because, side note, I was slightly probably too young for it when it came out because I'm not as old as you. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then well, uh, it, it's, it's mean, on the to do It's on the to do list. All right. It, it's on the watch list. I'm sorry. Matt's, um, Matt's been watching it as well recently because he was he was as well too young to watch it at the time um and i, I said well it, it it depends i mean it's been a long time since i watched shameless um but i love it was excellent yeah it was uh, it's, time. yeah it it's probably up? does it hold i, up I don't know if I, I decide to just try and binge it now i haven't watched i, I haven't watched it since it yeah came out. I it was iconic not. when it came out don't get me wrong yeah um it's probably, but probably like phoenix nights where you watch it and you think yeah this, this would never be broadcast now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Phoenix Knights is necessarily as... Sometimes, I think comedy sometimes have their pocket in time, don't they? Um, great comment on YouTube by uh, Paul. Tommy Doyle definitely listens to Oasis before games. Yeah. I think that's probably all he listens to, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, again, I just I just thought it was fantastic. He, he does just the absolute fucking basics perfectly. And it's sort of all we want from a midfielder sometimes. Um, but yeah, again, just to, like, he doesn't necessarily look the biggest or the strongest, but he never shirks, he never hides. Um, and when he gets on the ball, you know what you're doing with it. Yeah, he doesn't seem to waste possession. I think that's an important. If we're going to play those three midfield for whatever reason, whenever Gary O'Neill decides that we need three midfield. It's it's good to know that he, although Joao Gomez is on ball playing, he's getting better. Tommy Doyle is already better than him at that, so yeah. it'd be good to have that that outlet that centre half sometimes need to just to just drop it in there and know that it's going to be taken care of. Right foot, left foot, and very rarely backwards as well, which I think was important. Not not necessarily always forward, but you know it's always seems progressive what he's trying to do with the ball. His first turn, he's he reminds me a lot of Paul Scholes towards his latter end of the career when every mm. every touch seemed deliberate and it was always forward first and and if you can't go forward how can we keep possession and and make the most of most of the game he has the the aura of a kid that's going to go on to be able to boss games if things go his way yeah i think that's it it's like his pass might ne- not necessarily be a direct forward pass but it's like when he passes it you're like even if it's like it sounds stupid, he's knocked it out to eight Nori or he's knocked it out to Smedo or Doc. It's like you go, Oh, hang on, he's passed right in such a way that it's creating tempo or it's moving them forward to kind of get everyone else moving forward. And he's doing that in his early 20s. Yeah, it's not a pass for a pass's sake, like what Stu was talking about yeah. with the Brighton players. It's purposeful, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's like he's seen one, one pass ahead as well a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. He's playing 3D chess in his head. Yeah. And it's bonkers because they say you look at him and he just looks like a bit of a scruffy lad and he's gonna kind of do his do all the doggies and everything like that. And yeah, we've had a couple of comments regarding him. He did come on, but uh Bubakar Trio definitely needs some love because he's kind of that fourth man up and it's it's not a disservice to him because He's not a million miles off in terms of the quality. When he came on, he put himself about and everything. And where I saw him, where I saw he was coming, I was like, "He's there to fuck shit up." <laughs> he, he, it's not about keeping the ball when he came on. It was about him just breaking up play. And I think there was a couple of points where, you know, he probably, uh, you know, he did his job to to a T as well. He's like a wrecking ball. He's he's just a ball of chaos. It's fun. It... He's, he's one of them where he's, you know what he is. You, mm, you, you, yeah. you know what you know what he is. He comes on, he does his thing, probably going to get booked, and then goes away again. And you see him in three months' time. Um, but yesterday, he, he was he, he looked more focused than he'd been for ages, and I think that's probably why he, he looks up. I and mean, we're having comments out that he looked he was actually good last night. He wasn't just yeah. headless chicken. 
He actually did his job properly. No, he, he's definitely got something about him more than just being a very physical player. Like there's there's definitely a player behind the energy, should we say? Um, you know, again, uh, Dan Lamb on YouTube. Uh, we have a nasty team of battlers, uh, which we've never if we ever really had, and realistically, not in a good long time. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, um, Stu, for the audio listeners, pointing to, I'm assuming his 02 to 04 kit. Instant, instant I, I was going to say, right, really, I'm really hoping it's not half of those other ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, it, 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 it's great to have that kind of streak in the team, but also have that guile as well. Um, going into the second half, um, Huang sort of, I sort of live as well, where you sort of see him just before kickoff, he's sort of feeling his hamstring, and unfortunately, he goes off all way through the second half. And considering we're already without Kuna, it's a bit of a warning sign. Um, according to Liam Keane, he's not looking to be uh fit for the weekend. Um, against Newcastle. Do, do you think there was cause for him to come off earlier? Or is it kind of just one of those things? Because it did, Stu, you mentioned about red zones before, but the injuries started to pile up towards the end of that game, all players being forced to come off. I mean, I would have took him off after 10 minutes. <laughs> you could see he was, after the third attempt of trying to control the ball with his chest and it bouncing half a mile away. And you think, okay, fine. Um, it's going to be one of these nights for him. But then he'd normally chase back and make up for it. And he mm. wasn't moving and there was balls played through to him and he wasn't chasing it. And you think, well, if you're can't, if you having a bad day anyway, but then you're not going to make up with it with effort, then why are you on the pitch for? There's clearly something not right with you, so get off. And it would have been bold for it to do something that early. But you get, I mean, like Ed said, he wasn't right at the weekend. So he's not going to be right three days, four days later. Um, mm. And yet again, I mean, this we know whose fault this is because we, we're patching players up because we've got no choice. Um, wait for them, uh, Kent's to come out before I can go full rage mode. But if, we, if we're in that situation where now we've got Bellegarde as our only striker um, and Sarabia and Neto are the other, the other two options and that is it. Then we are in the shit, are we? <laughs> and whoa, whoa, whoa. don't forget about the Trisal Tiger. Yeah, well, he's not going to play, is he? No, um, he's Matt Doherty no. up front is going to happen before Nathan Fraser gets a run on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it was telling that Fraser wasn't given the run out, considering Huang, what we said about Sheffield United. And um, yeah, I also chose to have a hot meal last night instead of going for a, to the game. So you saw on the TV him stretching his left hamstring on the ball as he was about to take the kickoff. And I said then, well, he's not going to make it past 40, 47 minutes at this rate. Cause he's, if you're stretching out right waiting to take the kickoff, then something's. And it very, I was going to say it was very noticeable, not just like, a. have just spent 20 minutes inside sort of thing. It was a very telling something doesn't quite. We, yeah. You know, in our all of our high levels of uh, footballing prowess, that you know, that's like, oh, not quite sure about that. And I don't know. For me, like a hamstring's not something like if you tweak your hamstring, anything to do with it, it's not something you can just run off, is it? No, you can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Put You're only going to make it worse. Yeah. You're only going to make it you worse. You can't. You can't give it an injection or anything in like that. It's not the same as like with your joints and things. As soon as you feel it, I, I don't know. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. And maybe if we'd have taken him off at half time, maybe Brighton would have smelt blood a bit more. Um, but it's frustrating, as I say, considering, you know, uh, Gomez goes off with cramp, Lamina goes off as well um, towards the end. Uh, it, 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 it's tricky because we don't have a huge squad. Um, we're doing better in certain areas. Uh, to to accommodate it, but that forward line and ironically, one thing I kind of uh, I did think, you know, particularly when Wayne came off, because um, at that time was it Sarabia and Neto came on. Um, I was like, actually, you know what? I wasn't 
too concerned because I thought if we concede, we are ending this game with a strong lineup. Whereas mm. if, if we let's say had Wolves of old and we were, you know, that drop off in quality down the depth chart, I'd have I'd have been more worried, but to give Neto half an hour isn't too bad. Problem is Quang's fitness at the moment is only half an hour fitness. Lamina's fitness was only for an hour anyway. And there's only kind of so many plays you can do the mental maths on for that. Um, uh, but, you know, as, as Danny P said, you know, when, when we're kind of going into the final stages and he, he chucks on Dawson and Semedo, it's like, okay, this is going to be a formation in it. And, you know, effectively, Nelson Semedo drops into centre mid. And it, 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 it was kind of all hands on deck just seeing the game seeing the game out and when I saw Steel coming up for a corner, despite the very low percentage of goalkeepers who score from corners, does anyone else still just absolutely brick it? I don't want to have the embarrassment of it. <laughs> the Jimmy Glass moment. Yeah. It's I never really think about it because it's always funny because they never normally get anywhere near it. Yeah, exactly. It, it it's something where I see them come forward and you're like, hang on, this is, this is just an unknown variable. This is something we haven't experienced before. Um, but you know realistically, what, they never know what they're doing. No, you did, It didn't look that bad on telly, but from where I was, obviously, from the other side, other side of the pitch, it, was, it wasn't that evident that it was him at first. Because if you look at his, his shirt, his shirt was it's, it's gray, dark grey, and the back of the Brighton player's shirt is black. And after, yeah. six, after six Guinness, um, which is also black, yeah, and, and a bit of <laughs> at a glance, I thought, okay. And then you looked up and I thought, oh, that was the keeper. And I thought, oh, that's a strange thing to have been allowed to happen, but there we are. Um, little aside, but yeah, you don't. I mean, I've never seen it happen live in what nearly thirty years, and you'd expect it to uh, at this point. Um, but you just know one day it's going to happen. I mean, it, the day that if Sar scores ever, shirts off. Oh yeah, yeah, everyone. <laughs> yeah. He'll rip his own beard off, I think, if he does that. Oh, I, I dread to think. Um, but yeah, Paul's of course went through, and as it was kind of the draws done pre-game, which I don't like personally. I think you should mm. just wait until all the teams are in. We have got Coventry City in the uh, next round. In terms of teams who are left, it's Man, it's Man United versus Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, Man City, Newcastle. It's hard not to dream, isn't it, fellas? When you look at that, I mean, we 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 got we got the best draw you could probably get. Mm-hmm. Um, which it, I was going to say, no disrespect to Coventry, we're going to give them quite a lot of disrespect over the next couple of weeks, especially as they knocked out George Ellicobi's, uh Mason United. Right? I mean, I've already started with. Talking the uh, their main statue being of a stripper, so public indecency doesn't matter. Godot, does he? Fucker, who cares? Can't even have a prince, can they? Wankers. Um, no, <laughs> it's it's kind of unnerving though for me because when <laughs> before the game, when that when the, the draw was on, as soon as we came out and then Coventry came out, everyone cheered, everyone went mental, like proper mm. cheers went up, and you think, hmm, this is not really what you want to be doing. <laughs> We've, we've, we know what we like against bad teams who sit in. We can't do it um, normally, normally. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're going to do something, if you're going to do something in the cup, you've got to be, beat teams like Coventry. It doesn't matter. It's, it's a no. If we don't win, if, we don't, if Coventry beat us, then it's a disaster. It's an embarrassment. And you can clip this out and you can come at me. Or, or it's an embarrassment for a team that we've got now. As long as there's no injuries and any no nonsense happens in the next two weeks. If we go in there with the squad that we've got at the fit at the minute, that's easily good enough to beat Coventry. I know they've yeah. got a striking yeah. form, whatever. They're still mid-table championship team, pushing for the playoffs maybe, but still, it's a league below. They'd finish probably 17th at best if they got promoted this season, next year. So you've got to know the team you're playing against. We can't be scared of fucking Coventry. No. It's just not on. It's the, it's the draw we wanted, right? To I mean, they're fake brummies as well. That's also get that straight um so it's the draw we wanted it's at home you know i'm I'm ready ready to go and get a a ticket for that one i mean i couldn't make it to last night's game but i'll miss a meal and go to the go to this one (laughs) um 
so you know, and it's start. It's time to ramp up and to get, you know, get excited for for Wembley. You you, you have to get excited for Wembley now. I mean, we we are safe in the league. We are making the best of the situation we've got. We've got a very up, good up and coming manager. It's exciting. Why not just let yourselves get a bit excited and think that we're at least getting to. We've got a very good chance to get to the semi-finals, the best chance possible out of all of those teams. Mm. And that's exactly what we wanted. Yeah. And I look at it and I go, well, we, we're odds on to get through to the semi-final, which is fantastic. And you're like, well, I've got to play either Man United or Liverpool. You know, but that's a lucky in a way that both of them two have got to go. <laughs> um, you know, Chelsea, Leicester. Now, Leicester could, you, you could see some Leicester doing something there. And Man City versus Newcastle. Stranger things have happened. And if we were somehow in a semi-final draw with Wolves, Man United, Leicester and Newcastle, <laughs> that'd be bonkers. But then, you know, we could be in a draw with Wolves, Liverpool, Chelsea and Man City. And either way, because of how Wolves are playing at the moment, you, you do just you do just dare, dare to dream, don't you? Um, I would say a couple of uh, quick shout outs and and, and fancast um, fancast announcements. Um, we did we launched a, a competition for a retro wool shirt uh, via kit bag um, and uh, fanatics. So uh, big congratulations to Will Bowen. Uh, we'll be in contact to arrange that. Uh, Commiserations to anyone who didn't win. If you do want to buy one vote, if you go to kitbag.fe.net slash fancast, you can access their retro tops, replica kits, uh, like the ones on screen at the moment. Um, they also do designs and also training gear as well. So definitely go check them out. Um, also via uh, Fanatics, you can get 20% off. Uh, when you spend more than £49, 30% off when you spend more than £79 when you use the uh, code word GOAL as well. So a couple of offers uh, for you lovely fancast fans as well. Now, football, as I mentioned, doesn't stop. But yeah, we're in the quarterfinals. We're smelling Wemby. We are 19 minutes away from some very overpriced um, burgers. But before then... We do actually have to play Newcastle, who are also in the quarterfinals and had a, I guess, a tricky night themselves. Uh, went through on penalties against Blackburn, um, so it's going to be interesting, I think, to see how they how they sort of turn out in the end. Because I don't know, yeah, our players were tired, but they've done 120 minutes as well. So it, 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 I think it's going to be a um, a weary legs game at the weekend for us. Yeah, I'm not expecting anything now after that. Um, I mean, I, I was tired watching it, let alone, let alone running around. Mm. And, and it, it was men mentally draining more than physically draining as well, I think, because the concentration level to keep them at bay for that long, it's got to be it's gotta be taxing on them. Um, and we've seen it before. We haven't played well in the last two games either. I know we've been in, in form technically, but the last two performances haven't been brilliant compared to what we could do against Spurs and things like that. But Newcastle is the kind of game where they will attack us. <laughs> so um, we're back in our, our natural habitat again of, of defending and hitting people on the break. Newcastle, good point there. The, Newcastle did get to penalties, so they could have a bit of more fatigue than us, days rest and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I was all kind of all up for this game thinking, yeah, let's go there. I mean, We've got a few Newcastle mates that listen to a couple of pod, Tune Under podcasts from Australia. Share for them. Um, they're also the same thing about Newcastle's midfield is terrible at the minute, and where that's exactly where our strong point is. So that gives me a bit more hope um, for it. And Manny, the mad lunatic, walking there. <laughs> if anyone's going to be tired, it's him. Um, but saying all that, I'd take a nil-nil now. <laughs> four points from the next two next two league games, Newcastle and Fulham. Four points would be superb, especially after what happened last night. Yeah, the the only thing to not sleep on is how shattered Newcastle have looked for the last mm. three months. Anyway, Eddie Howe's playing with 
12 players, isn't he? And one of them's a, an actual child. So there's they are they are going to be as fatigued as, as we are. And they've looked more tired over the last few weeks themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, bar, barring that game against Sheffield United, they've, you know, there's been a lot of... Dan Byrne is up for, you know, up for grabs maybe for Pedro Neto to to attack him if he plays Dan Byrne on the left or if he plays Livramento, then who knows. But there's been some uncharacteristic mistakes from Trippier recently because he's playing shattered. You know, that they've only really got Bruno Guimaraes in the middle who's one rash tackle away from a yellow card. So he see I watched the Blackburn game and he seemed to be, he did one ridiculous challenge that he got. He was very lucky to not get booked for. Um, but he looks like he's pulling out of challenges a little bit to not get that booking. Um, so I just they might be shattered, but like Stu said, I'd I'd take a nil-nil now and 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 walk away and get ready for Fulham. Yeah, I'd be. You know what? It keeps the status quo as well. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, my big thing is that. <laughs> I thought you was gonna. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be a link into songs. Oh, if only. If only um, I'm now I'm, I'm too far gone to try and drop in uh, musical lyrics. We had this conversation the other week, didn't we, about seeing if we could just uh, slip in any uh, Hamilton references? But we're actually above um, Newcastle in the table. All right, it, it's it's by a point, but if we are able to kind of keep them to a draw, it just maintains it as much as anything else, rather than yeah, it sounds bad, but losing's obviously worse. But it just kind of just it just kind of keeps things moving for us, and more importantly, make sure Newcastle doesn't kind of climb back ahead of us as well. Mm. Yeah, it's. A, I think after yesterday, it's not losing this losing that game is not going to be the absolute disaster that it would have been because we've got no. another focus now. And I think there was another comment earlier on um, saying, "Would you would you take slipping down the lead to get into a, a FA Cup final?" Fuck yeah. yes, I would. Yeah, yeah a thousand percent. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we just haven't had one. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, I mean, my, my mum was three years old last time we were in a FA Cup final. So it's it's not even generational. It's 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 multi-generational thing to happen. And uh, yeah, we'll probably we'd probably lose it anyway, but still, you gotta get there. If we finish 13th and got it to the FA Cup final, I'd, I'd, it'd be the best oh. year ever. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not over the 2019, and I'm not even over 1998 yet. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy to not be over something that happened in 2024 as well, on the off chance that we don't have to get over it. Yeah, I mean, my only fear is we got to a final. It was oh, devastating coming back from um, Watford in, at Wembley. But that was Watford, though. We we thought we we had a chance, and we well we we did have a chance, and then fucked it up. You know, yeah. Wolves will fuck it up. Why well, he took Jota off? I'm still. <sighs> but that that's why that hurts so much because if yeah. if we're going into a final against Man City or Liverpool or or Chelsea or Man United, yeah, we've beaten them all over the last few years. But realistically, we're going there as underdogs, so it wouldn't be a surprise if we mm. lost. It wouldn't be oh three hours of silence on the way back being. Like you've been brisked in public, you know what I mean. It's it, it, that was the one of the worst experiences ever. Not not being brisked in public. Um, <laughs> but, but, that was second worst. Yeah, behind. <laughs> I, I'm fully skinned up for anyone who needs to know that. Um, <laughs> this has got to the turn. But this is the... it's it's after the hour, or it's nearly the hour. That's why. Yeah. I was no, gonna no, say... We're after <laughs> the watershed, Stuart. Yeah. It, yeah, that's why that that was so bad because it was against Watford. I think it wouldn't be the same again, even if it was a final, and even if we were disappointed. It, yeah, it'd be sad and horrible, but it, nothing's ever going to compare to that. That was an all-time low. I must say, if we somehow get Liverpool in the final, actually, you know, even if we get Liverpool in the semi-final and we somehow beat them, pissing on Jurgen Klopp's farewell <laughs> chips does make me feel. Very excited. Uh, he's he's the worst loser as well in the world, so that would be yeah. fun for that reason as well. And then like, Steve's celebration in front of him. Oh, yeah. just yeah. I mean, my, my only other concern is, look, we got to get past commentary first, and we shouldn't be thinking. It's a bit, you know, 
getting ahead of ourselves, I know, but who cares? Um, what's Gary O'Neill going to wear if we get to Wembley? Because he's not been a, he's been a tracksuit manager, and I'm not having tracksuits at Wembley. See, when I said this last week about the hoodie thing, I I kind of want him to. I kind of want him to wear the same thing. Do you know what when I when I said in the in after we mm. beat um in the last round, I said I'm going to have to wear that hat, even though it's really really warm. I did it again last night, and I, I, there was at times I was sweating. It was that it was that hot because it's a winter hat, and it was like nine degrees last night, so it was pretty mild. That's a real fan, but I'm going to have to yeah. do it now. I don't care; it's going to have to be done. I mean, more than likely, we're going to be twelve o'clock kickoff on a Sunday anyway. Looking at when the times of the game are, yeah, yeah, um, definitely. With the with the unattractive tie for the TV purposes, put us on at twelve. No one gives a fuck, do they? No one cares. No. So I mean, we're not we're not going to be a Saturday kickoff. Well, they can't. We can't be, can we? Because Either Man City or Man United have got to be on the Saturday because they can't both, both play in Manchester on the same day. Yeah. So one of them has got to be playing on the Saturday. The only other way is if the police make Man United Liverpool at 12, but then Sky will say, well, just put it at two like they normally do. So mm-hmm. it, we're not going to be half four, are we? That's the yeah. main thing. It's but, going to be uh, early or early afternoon Sunday. Yeah. I, I, I reckon we'll be the the two o'clock one, I think will be the sandwich one on the Sunday personally. But we, we will see, we'll see. Um, in terms of other games going on this weekend, uh, just to wrap everything up, um, we're playing Newcastle on Saturday, obviously at uh, three o'clock. Uh, in terms of some of the other three o'clock uh, Saturday games, you've got Spurs Palace, uh, Forest Liverpool, Brentford Chelsea, Everton West Ham, um, David Moyes Derby, Fulham, uh, Brighton. Evening kickoff is Luton Villa, and Sunday you've got Burnley, Bournemouth, uh, Manchester Derby, and Sheffield United, Arsenal. Any of those games piquing your interest at all? I mean, I'm annoyed that I mean Forest Liverpool's low key; they hate each other, which is quite hilarious. Um, I'm annoyed that that's three o'clock at the same time. Um, and the David Moyes derby, that's always entertaining in a kind of sad, sick way. Um, I don't know. Other than, obviously, the Manchester derby, which is, it's always a good fun. Uh, seeing Gary Neville meltdown every year. It's it's not the best for TV, is it? <laughs> Looking at that. No. I mean, I'll be, at, I'll be at Newcastle anyway, so I won't see anything other than our game on the Saturday. So, looking forward to Burnley-Bournemouth. It's uh, one existence. <laughs> Yeah, there's no there's no standouts there. Is I mean, how many will Arsenal score at Sheffield United is probably the the better the weekend, right? Or the that's the Monday game, isn't it? So the better this game yeah. week because Sheffield United are on minus what a thousand. I don't know how many they're yeah. on a minus of now, but they are on a hiding to nothing. It's only it's only good old Wolves that can give them a win this season, isn't it? So um, yeah, there's none of those. None of those jumped out, and there's quite a few dead rubbers in there. It looked to Brighton. Brighton have got. Did Brighton have that look like Fulham. a dead game? Yeah, yeah Brighton Fulham. have got Fulham. Yeah, it would be interesting maybe for the relegation if Chelsea beat Brentford, bringing Brentford a bit closer. If Everton managed to get some points, and Everton hopefully can beat Villa, just for it's nice for Villa to lose. Yeah, and of course, um, Everton have had their points deduction reduced to six points, which has kind of moved them outside of the relegation zone now and given them a little bit of breathing space, um, which has kind of made it a little bit more interesting. So everyone's kind of, I guess, hoping that Luton can claw back, I think, uh, their I think four points to kind of make it a bit more tricky with uh, the likes of Fulham and Brentford as well. But it, again, it's added a new dynamic at the bottom of the table, hasn't it? I mean, Everton will probably have another six put back on again. Yeah, when they yeah. with the second breach and is... Forest. Yeah, and exactly. Forest right. And it, I know that on the price of football, they were saying, "Oh, yeah, because it's a, it's it's another breach, but it's the same offence." <laughs> so it doesn't matter if it counts in the same two years; it's still the same offence. So it should be the same punishment, which they've admitted to doing. So it should be another six points at least. Um, I mean, I I couldn't believe that Forest had signed another goalkeeper. During January, <laughs> when all of this was going on, they're still just throwing the money around like it's monopoly money. The yeah, spectre of FFP is well and truly over that club as well, isn't it? 
mean, I know Matt Turner played yesterday, but poor guy. And if you've watched um, Married to the Game or The Real Housewives of the Premier League, as it should be called, um, he seems the only normal bloke out there. <laughs> I, I've I've only seen the um, the very minor clips of uh, James Tarkovsky. Oh yeah, looking super awkward. Which oh, it's, it's glorious. I, I watched all six episodes of one on Friday night. <laughs> There's no surprise to anyone. Um, yeah, it's it's terrible shit, but it's it's entertaining. Hmm. I might have to check it out. Um, right, let's wrap up today's show. Um, quickly, though, score predictions for Saturday, gents. Ed, do you want to go first? Uh, let's go for three one nils in a row. Oh, I love that. I love that. Stu, how about you? I mean, the excitement of coming down them stairs after a win. Um, I just don't see. I think, I think it's going to be a drab, boring shit affair. Um, one each because we. Keeping a clean sheet was a miracle yesterday because we haven't had one for seemingly ages. Um, but yeah, one-one, I think. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go one-one as well. I think we, I think we've got enough finish to get a goal, but I don't quite see us having the legs. Nor do I think Newcastle are going to kind of quite blow us out of the water or anything like that either. But fingers crossed, uh, we can get something out of the game. We will be, of course, back on Sunday. Uh, to talk about it. Um, in the meantime, make sure you keep up to date with all things Wolves Fancast at Wolves Fancast here, there, and everywhere. Make sure, as you've heard throughout the show, um, you check out the uh, kit bag stuff um, and fanatics as well. Um, and until next time, it's goodbye from Stu. Yeah. But I'm not going to say I'm confused. Uh, I'll usually go to your last, haven't I? Yeah. I was just looking at. There's a guy flying over from Melbourne um, for the Newcastle and Fulham games, Robbie, for, uh, at Melbourne Wolf. So if anyone's in Newcastle and sees him, give him, give him a shout because he's flew all the way. He's literally flew now. the entire world away to come How many meals game. has he missed for that? Exactly. I was going to say, we should probably give a little bit more of a shout out to Manny as well. I know we kind of uh, joke about it. He is like two thirds of the way there I think it is now um, walking from Wolverhampton to Newcastle uh, raising money for Venture UK which is bonkers it is bonkers what he is doing but it, it is a sensational thing he is doing and it's raising a lot of money for charity um, so yeah a, a, amazing stuff I, my praise to him probably means very little in, in the grand scheme of things but uh, you know whether you're walking up, to, whether you're walking to St James's Park, or you're flying away from all, you know, from the other side of the world or whatever, you know, let's back the boys and everything. I get confused now. So it's a goodbye from Stu again, but you've said you goodbye because you've done your, you've done your second. So it's goodbye from Ed. Yeah, um, just quickly, uh, interesting fact I learned today on another podcast: the first time that the term bellend was used to describe people was uh, was on the 1992 version of the internet and it was about the Albion. So um, they were all called Bellends on the internet in 1992 and it's the first written um, term use of that term. So maybe we can get that into a chat one day. <laughs> and goodbye. That's amazing. And I don't think I've ever had a better ending of a show. Um, it's goodbye for me then. Fuck the Albions. 